check, 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 check. The check. Justin McIsaac podcast with Justin McIsaac. Oh, that's going to be our new intro. <laughs> Justin McIsaac podcast. Look at you. Welcome to the Justin McIsaac podcast with Justin McIsaac. I'm your host, Justin McIsaac. This week, uh, my guest, Eric Freed, uh, you may know him from uh, doing Red Sox stuff uh, a while back, or uh, from uh, Comcast stuff, or uh, if you're a UConn women's basketball fan, uh, you may know him from there. Uh, odds are you've seen Frigo, who's on Channel 9. We talk about all that all that stuff, uh, most of that stuff. Oh, by the way, the uh, song is uh, Born to Run, and the band is Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Frito apparently loves Springsteen like every other sportscaster. This is the superior version of Born to Run, by the way. It's way better than the Springsteen version. The first time I met Frito was uh, I was doing, uh, when I still worked at WTSN, I was doing the All-Star High School Sports Show, and I believe his uh, kid was, or his oldest kid was uh, one of the runners for St. Thomas. I had the St. Thomas uh, cross-country team on. And he comes up after the uh, show and goes, goes uh, hello, I'm Eric Freed. And I go, yeah, no shit you are. I know who you are. So uh, Frito's been a friend of mine pretty much uh, since then. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, tells a lot of good stories here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we get into Red Sox stuff. Uh, who was uh, Which Red Sox were assholes? Uh, who was uh, great? It's probably the guys you figure. But uh, we go into that a little bit. Uh, how he almost died uh, in... Um, at Yale, so uh, all sorts of good stuff. Love Frito. Uh, as with uh, Murph last week, could have talked to Frito for uh, two and a half hours, but you wouldn't have listened that long. So here it is, uh, the Justin McIsaac podcast with uh, Eric Freed. Enjoy. All right, once again, the podcast goes on location. Nobody will come to me, so I have to go to people. It's the only way I can get guests. We're at Panzanella's in Newmarket, and by giving them a plug, I'm hoping they'll sponsor some basketball come wintertime. But uh, joining me is uh, Newmarket's favorite son. Big basketball fans in this building. Oh, really? Jared, Jared the owner, is big in the basketball. His kids play. Yeah. Excuse me. I'll be right back. Uh, <laughs> Newmarket's favorite son, Eric Freed, is with us. Thank you for coming to downtown Newmarket to support the businesses. As you can see well, downtown right now, it's a bit of a disaster. I had to uh, take a helicopter in. The, uh, <laughs> the uh, pedestrian safety improvement project has been is dragging. Is that what it's called? Yes. Uh, it was supposed to be done uh, several weeks maybe months ago uh the town is pretty pissed off about it is this the new market version of the big dig not, uh, not this, quite as crooked but <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's something where um you know you know it, it's probably their big dig it, it's a it's a big pain in the ass so uh thank you for coming to support a new market business uh here nope. at panzanella's and please nope. come if we were doing breakfast we'd go to the big bean come back again we'll go to riverworks maybe we'll go to jeremy's great pizza there anywhere you know, there's so beer i can i'll go there's a nano brewery here so we got a nano brewery deciduous right next door nano brewery next to them is i be- believe it's scuttlebutts for was, a haircut they've I, got the big screen tvs i got you. you covered right here the, uh, this podcast is brought to you by the new market chamber of commerce <laughs> president eric freed presiding i uh i will i must say i appreciate the invitation i subscribe to the podcast you know i've been You're a big the one. Fan, i've been a big fan of yours for for many years um, well, go on. We go T- back a few years. Talk more about me. Go ahead. Um, you have uh, launched the careers of many uh, successful radio people. Kirk Minahan would not have the success he has right now if he did not cut his teeth on the Saturday morning um, Justin McIsaac show. McIsaac on Sports. I agree with McIsaac that. McIsaac on Sports. Where was he before he started doing that show? He, well, he was he did, nowhere. He did one show with me on EEI. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't. I don't believe that came up in your conversation with him last time. Not last time. It, but it has come up before. It has come up. Yes. Yeah. We did. We did one Saturday afternoon uh, show together, and that was enough for him. And he moved on to bigger and better <laughs> things. <laughs> he loves you. He does. Lo- he, he does. Whenever yeah, we t- whenever we talk, because we'll talk off air for like twenty minutes before we talk on air or whatever. 
He'll always say, oh, you and Frito getting together without inviting me to lunch? Like, <laughs> yeah, what are you going to haul your ass up to well, Newmarket here's another just to plug. Here's another plug. We went to La Festa in downtown Dover we once did. and had lunch. If people only knew that uh, the famous Justin McIsaac and the famous Kirk Minahan were there. A couple but, of uh, heavyweights inside of La Festa and me. <laughs> Which no. tipping the scales well, you're is the, the heavyweight. You're, you're the true heavyweight because you have prof- uh, professional experience in the ring, of course. Oh, that's so, true. Did you wrestle as a heavyweight? Uh, well, I, my, it's funny. When I was wrestling, I weighed about 180 pounds or so. And you wrestled against guys who were 250, so it was not fair. There's no weight classes in pro wrestling. I mean, come on. But my build weight was like 220. And now, ironically, I wish I was my build <laughs> weight because I'm probably bigger than that at this point. Yeah, don't have kids. Boys and girls, it, it'll uh, you, you slow down. A Why bit. by by actually giving birth you gained weight? Because I, I, I got I, news for you, it was Renee who handled all the dirty I work. Gained, I've probably gained more weight since her kids were born than she gained during both the pregnancies combined. I would have <laughs> credit to her. Yes, okay. exactly. She takes better care of herself than you take care of yourself. That's apparently. not saying much, though. But look <laughs> at me. Uh, so, uh, Eric, if you're not familiar with Eric Fried, shame on you. First of all, what what are, what are your jobs lately nowadays? What, what, now, what are you doing? You get the UMass. UMass fleece on. So this was very nice. They were very generous. Gave me a nice, uh, they gave me a nice uh, fleece in exchange for saying nice things about them. So I, Wyndham I can't High be School bought. did the same thing to me. They, they the gave Jaguars, me you say yes. nice things about the Jaguars? Of course I do. Billy Ray Crow. Uh I am still doing the same thing I've been doing, Justin, since uh, when I start freelancing, 2001. Okay. Uh, 2001, 2002. Uh, that's, just I, hustling? Just yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. It's You fill out a calendar. Um I've got football this weekend. I have Comcast Studio stuff. Uh, I've got basketball coming up. I just did volleyball. You just try to, in all honesty, you just try to be versatile. You try to be able to do a little bit of everything because I—that's what I've done forever. I've mm-hmm. just—I want—I want to do different sports, male, female, doesn't matter because I just think variety just keeps me fresh, keeps me sharp. Absolutely. So where? So this leads me to my first question. Where did you? So people around here know you, obviously, from Channel 9 to start off and then doing yep. Red Sox stuff and now sure. the Comcast and everything you do now. Where did you actually get your start? Because I don't think I've ever asked you about this. Uh, Middletown, New York in uh, 1989. Is that Long Island? No, that? no. It's uh, about an hour north of the city, Orange okay. County, New York. Uh, small one-man band cable station. Yep. Um, you didn't do radio. You just went right to TV. I did TV. I when I went to Ithaca College, and there was on campus. You went to Ithaca radio. College. I, I didn't did. know that. I, I lived in Ithaca for a year. Did you? Or really? just outside what of it? Yeah. Uh, in uh, let's see, I moved out in 1999. Oh yeah, that's I, right. Actually, we're, that's right. We're nowhere near each other in age. No, no, you're <laughs> you're like a hundred, and I'm like I'm halfway to hundred almost. I'm not quite there. <laughs> no, I, I followed there. a girl out there. I actually lived in Montour Falls, which is like a half hour outside yeah, of Ithaca. But a lot I of falls out there. Spent yeah. all my time in Ithaca. So yeah, no, I, I went to Ithaca College. I graduated in '88, and I went there. I, I broadcasted. Um, you're on the radio station, a TV station there, just broadcasting games. The Cortica Jug. The Cortica Jug between yes. the Cortland Red Dragons and the Ithaca Bombers. Um, Most famous Cortland graduate. Can you name him? Oh, gosh, I did know that. Uh, Dave Jennings went to St. Lawrence, so that's wrong. Uh, who is it? Mick Foley. Oh, yeah. He, he was probably there when you I were going him. to Ithaca. I met him in Long Island. A terrific guy. Yeah. He lives down by Stony Brook, and I do a, I broadcast games down to Stony Brook. Yeah. And, uh, you guys were probably in the same area at the same time. We could have been. We could have shared beers. He could have beaten me up in a bar fight. It's I got into a lot of bar fights. Way too nice. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah. Don't I look like it? Yes. No, there was none. <laughs> um, so uh, there was a, a, a small cable station in New York uh, where I was the um, – uh, Sports reporter, okay. Uh, hosted a Monday night sports show, call in where it had there was no delay, so I had my thumb on the hang up switch the sure. whole time. You know that, yeah. right? Oh, you yeah. know, somebody's like, like, are they forming? F- you yeah, know, like, I'm, drop- I'm dropping you. Um, but broadcast a lot of high school games. Yep, uh, football, basketball in the Middletown, New York area, Orange County, Sullivan County. Sure, um, and 
I got a job. I had a guest. One of my guests was the Marist College Athletic Director, Gene Doris. He had an opening for their the Marist College radio play-by-play. All right. So I got that job in 1989, 1990. I did play-by-play the year after Rick Smiths left. Oh, So wow. I wasn't there for the uh, Duncan Dutchman. <laughs> you just missed. But I took all my vacation time and all my personal days and covered Marist basketball. Sure. So I didn't have vacation for a few years. It was one of those things I was unattached, single, work 70 hours a week. Yeah. You, you know the drill. And um, But I had to write my own stuff, edit my own stuff, troubleshoot my own stuff, and everything I learned at that station I still use on a daily basis where when things go wrong, and things would always go wrong at Cable 6, Oh yeah, uh, you figure out how to make them right, and right. you learn how to fix things, and you learn how to roll with it, and you learn how to ad lib for two, three minutes uh, <laughs> if things go wrong. And uh, those are all skills that I've, I've used uh, right to this day. So how would you end up in New Hampshire? How did that happen? Uh, long story, very short. Uh, till 93, I was working at uh, Cable 6. I also went in Manhattan and f- uh, was a production assistant at NBC Sports. Okay. Um, so I just tried to learn a little bit of everything. Um, took a pay cut to go to Bangor, Maine. Oh, wow. Because my, I just feel like nothing was happening from Cable 6. So I went to Bangor, Maine. I was at the number three station. It was the WKRP in Cincinnati of TV. Sure. Um, but it was another great place where I met... Uh, made some good friends, met some good people. It was near the University of Maine, so I really liked it uh, up there. I was there for a year and a half, and I was Jack Heath's second choice to come to WMUR. Who was the to, first? Uh, some guy from the West. I don't know who it he was. He never gave you a name? Mark Ockerbloom left to go to Oklahoma City. Okay. Charlie Sherman moved up to the number one spot, and they had an opening for Yeesh. a weekend anchor uh, weekday sports reporter. And I was the guy. And so, that was you. Uh, Jack Heath called me. It was my wife's bridal shower. She. What is um, it about you guys getting jobs in New Hampshire? Because uh, Murphy told me this story. He got a, an offer for a job uh, right before, uh, the day before his wedding, at his wedding rehearsal. He that's got funny. My wife's bridal shower, I got a call in, I, I, I you know, like how you, remember if you got a, on your answering machine, you'd have the, um, the tape and you yes. had remote access to it like you could hit yes. star nine you can make noise. Seven, it's just a know. podcast you can make all the noise you want we're it's having fine. our pizza we're getting food right now. yes we're good thank you thank so you. much thank you um <laughs> um and i and it was at my wife's bridal shop there's like oh i'd like to offer you a job we we were prepared to live in bangor maine <laughs> apparently i have to get remarried to get a better job <laughs> no no that's, that's what i have to do one. renee just don't listen to this part. um and um <laughs> So I, I got off the job, and I started the day after we got back from our honeymoon in 1995 at, uh, at Channel 9. And wow. So I show up to work. Charlie Sherman is the sports director. I'm number two. Yep. And Sherm says, we have, a, we have a camera and a live truck. We have to find something to do. So he sent me <laughs> uh, to the driving range in Bedford. He denies this to this day. He just sends me to the driving range. <laughs> He's now, on my list of potential guests. So, right, so Sherm, you have to do this. All right. So, well, he'll deny it. I, I went to the driving <laughs> range, and he's like, well, go, just go have fun. So I'm you know, talking to people at a driving range in the six o'clock news. But when Charlie threw it to me, he goes, we welcome in the new member of the channel nine sports team, Eric Freedy. <laughs> so that's the perfect Sherm story, right? Like, you know, Sherm, you got my name wrong. He yeah. goes, no, I didn't. No, Sherm, you got my name wrong. No, I didn't. So there he still denies it to this somewhere. day. I don't know if there's a there tape. Must there's plenty be. of good tape with me and Charlie somewhere along the line. But, uh, so that was my, uh, my Scouring YouTube all night. June of, uh, June of 95. I started at, at channel nine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, back then this is, this predates you. Uh, there was a, oh yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. I yeah, think, oh, <laughs> bastard. WMUR had a station called CMUR where they would do games I, at yes. New Hampshire College, Saint Anselm College. So there's where the hell of, is that when I need it? Yeah. <laughs> now, so is this? This is how your podcast works, right? You have people on that you're trying to, you know, 
just I'm trying to emulate to your career. No, you don't want to emulate yeah. my. You, you're Sad, fine. Sadly, you've got more stories than I do. Sadly, I have to envy your career. Go. Ahead. <laughs> do you want to tell people what I ordered for pizza today? What do you have there? You have uh, a white pizza with anchovies on anchovy it. Anchovy pizza, which both our waitress and myself uh, reacted with shock and chagrin. I just feel like we not were enough mo- people order anchovy pizza, so there's more for me. I think there's a reason for that. Yeah, I'll be but- drinking water all night long. <laughs> Yeah, all that salt. Look at you. So you got to New Hampshire, and uh, Mike Murphy kind of told the story. He he feels you're the best broadcaster in New Hampshire. I was flattered by that. I, I, no, I, I, and I appreciate that very much because I listened to it, and um, I, that's very flattering to hear because, you know, Murph is – I was on Murph's show in Boscoin years ago, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't – I don't know if that's the case. I, I I appreciate the compliment. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people who. I, I'll say this. Okay. I came to New Hampshire, and uh, I've stayed in New Hampshire because we raised our family in New Hampshire. Yeah. And well, people come here and never leave. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, our oldest was born in '98. We were living in Manchester, and we, my wife Beth and I, decided we're just like, look, where we're going to be, we're not going to go chase things. Right. You know, we'll we'll see what can come to us and 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 be happy here. But we like New Hampshire. We like. Everything about it. We like being close enough to Boston, close enough to Manchester Airport, all the stuff you need to do. and Mountains, um, ocean, lakes. Yeah, so we lived in Hooksit right in Manchester till 2004, and we've been in Newmarket ever since. So, you know, we've got two boys. One's a freshman in college, and one's a freshman in high school. And and that's why I've stayed in New Hampshire. But I, I, I don't feel like I broadcast a lot. I, I mean, I do some UNH hockey and some UNH basketball, but I yeah. think there's a lot of people who are more committed to sports in New Hampshire, like yourself and yeah. some of the other, like Murph and Jim Janot and Bob Lippman. Well, there's a lot of people who have been broadcasting and been committed to, whether it's the university or the high school level in New Hampshire. Well, I think people still consider you a New Hampshire guy because – you're known for being on Channel Nine, and most people, in my mind, and when I think of what most people think of, I think what I what, what I think of because I'm a narcissist. But <laughs> I think, if you're a narcissist, you think about you. You think about how other people are in your orbit, so that's not being a narcissist. I think that everybody thinks like I do. I feel like that's kind of narcissistic. That's a bit narcissistic. Yeah. Okay. So, it's, so when I think of you, the first thing I think of obviously is Red Sox, and then I think of Channel Nine, and you know. Anything that gets beamed into New Hampshire, Boston's basically the capital of New England. You know, I consider New Hampshire like a suburb of Boston. I think most people do, at least up until you get to Concord. So it, it, it's kind of the same thing. Okay. You know? So be, be doing Boston stuff. Well, so it was, very, it, was, it was very nice of Murph to say, and uh, I appreciate the compliment. That was very – I'm honored by it. I feel like I agreed with him, but I can't remember. I'll have to go back and listen. Uh, it was, it, you know what? It wasn't quite uh, – it was a not as much of an. I was hoping as you, you were liked. nodding, and that doesn't really work in a podcast because people can't see you. Nodding. I might have been. I yeah. might have just been. I, I think not, it was, or it was kind of like a resign, like oh, she's here. <laughs> I think it was three beers. I might have been <laughs> nodding to stay awake. But so let's uh, so let's uh, talk about uh, the Boston Red Sox and you, and obviously with David Ortiz playing his last game. We're taping this on a Tuesday night. It was last night he played his last game. Um, what what. First of all, how did you get, get that gig? Because I don't think you've ever explained that to me. I was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I was in, um, still living in Manchester, and I was freelancing at Nesson. I had been full-time at, um, I left Channel 9 in 99 uh, to go work for what was then Fox Sports New England mm-hmm. down in Woburn. And um, I started doing, I did play-by-play for Revolution, I did Hockey East. Then they started the studio show. Gary Tangwin and I worked on that together. We were like kind of the... the Gary Tangwin. Yeah, <laughs> nice, very nice baritone. Uh, so um, Tank, as his nickname is, uh, and I worked together um, down at Fox Sports Net for a while. 
I was full-time there. That was my last full-time job. Actually, what's the microbrew one we have on the list? Deciduous there? Brewing, Newmarket, New Can Hampshire. I have one of those? Thank you. There you go. You are just shamelessly plugging away. This is, yeah. Believe me, there's going to be invoices in the mail. <laughs> but go on. <laughs> um, and I, uh, I was in a group of people who got let go, let, laid off. Right, and yeah. I, I, was, I was stunned because I'm Tangway like... Tangway well, was like the only one that made it through, right? He survived. Um, I think Wendy Nix, uh, Kara Henderson started there, and then Wendy Nix uh, survived. John Holt and I were the two guys on camera who uh, were let go. So it was shocking. But uh, I remember the day I got let go... Um, the boss came in and he was saying what a tough day it was for him after he just let us go. And I'm just like, <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, I've actually been I'm through just one of those a, I, I am justifiably, I could jump across this desk yeah. right now and do something about this. Punch but you I in just, the face, yeah. I mean, Justin, my, my motto has always been don't burn the bridge because you have to cross back over at one time. That's sure. just what this business is like. So um, I said, well, who's doing your Hockey East game at BU on Friday night. He goes, geez, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I was down in, I was actually down at Quick Story. I was in Charlotte, North Carolina doing NASCAR interviews for Fox Sports Net. We get a call. You must come back on the next flight. Why? What's wrong? We can't tell you. You no. must come back on the that, next that's flight. That's always a good call to get. I'm like, well, you know, I'm down. Barry Alley, who uh, used to be at Channel 9, lives in Manchester. Great. He's at all the Celtics games. Great videographer. Thank you very much. He and I were down there. We're like, did somebody die? Um, <laughs> what, what's wrong? Like, they're, they're not saying anything. And I'm like, you have to tell us. We're in Charlotte. We don't know. They just said, be here at 3 o'clock tomorrow for a meeting. So, 3 oh, o'clock. You know, yeah. They said, oh, all you people go into that room. All you people go into the <laughs> other room. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know. It's always, if you don't work in media, it's always really subtle when you're yeah. going to get the axe. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they never give you any clues. But uh, they, I think that was a Monday, uh, maybe a Tuesday. And I said, well, who's doing your hockey game Friday? And they said, well, we didn't think about that. I said, well, my rate just went up. <laughs> and, and, and I did the hockey's game that week. So, I just said, I, I, I uh, a kid at home and Beth was pregnant and we just said like hey I gotta keep grinding you gotta keep working yeah. you know and um, so um, I started freelancing at Nesson after uh, that hockey season and they had me on sports desk and then um, in the uh, it was I think February 2003 I got a call from a guy at Nesson Rick Abbott 8.30 in the morning he goes hey um, are you free April 3rd through 12th or something like that I'm like um, sure goes, yeah uh, would you like to go be the Red Sox field reporter when they're in Toronto and Tampa Bay? Would I? I'm like, huh? <laughs> what? what? What's going on? And uh, Tom Karen, that was his job. Yep. And uh, But I think he had Bruins responsibility, so they needed somebody to do sidelines. I'm like, so he's like, well, we're having a meeting here in an hour and a half. Can you come down to it? <laughs> this is how I found out. Yeah. But it's I'm in Manchester. It's snowing like crazy. I'm like, all right, I'll try. But, like, school's canceled, and it's, it's yeah. tough. So I start driving, and... That there's that downhill at the 93 293 split. Oh, sure, it's like, yeah. It's usually just pile up cars. And I start there, and cars are going sideways. I'm like, this isn't a good idea. <laughs> so I went back home. I'm like, are we all right if I miss a meeting? I still have the gig. He's like, you can still have the gig, and I'll fill you in. So yep. I flew to Toronto and Tampa. It was Chad Fox gave up a walk off home run to I Carl remember. Crawford. I think that was my first game. Re I remember my, uh, my Renee was not my wife then, but we, I remember we watched it. It was the first game of the season. Yeah, so that was, was my the, was, first was game as a sideline reporter for the Red by Sox. committee season yes, yes. going into that one. So uh, I did the first road trip. That was Tampa Bay and Toronto. And then I'd fill in a little bit here and there, mostly on Fridays, uh, and do some studio stuff. The next year, Tom, Karen went into the studio, and I became the full-time Red Sox field reporter 2004 and 2005. That's how, that's how I got to that position. It's somewhere in a photo album. Uh, I have a picture of, of you and Don Arcillo 
on the field for one of the playoff games because I, I presume you guys were doing pregame coverage. Because, uh, it was the game. It was supposed in to be a photo album. Like you print out photos and put it on like your hit f- photo this was album. This like people you want to kill. Or this was two thousand four. Like okay. So pictures were still a thing. Digital photos weren't quite right. where they are now. So Renee and I were supposed to go to game three of the ALCS. It got rained out. Uh, that ended up. Uh, so the tickets I had ended up being for Game Five, which was the second Ortiz walk-off. Uh, we didn't know it then, but uh, Renee was pregnant with our second child, uh, so we went and we were like, "Oh, look, it's Eric Fried and Don Orsillo." And I, I was, I was still I, then. I was starstruck by you. Now I'm just having beers and pizza with you, <laughs> See, and people are staring at us at a pizza place. <laughs> this is a lot better. But I, at some point, I will. Get, I think the picture was supposed to be of Don Orsillo, and you're kind of in there. Uh, but uh, we were still excited to see you. But yeah, so you had to. <laughs> That doesn't sound very sincere. It's probably not. But <laughs> but you so you had that gig for two years, and that's a that's a. I don't know how I, I know going on the road a lot and being away from your family was probably a grind and a pain in the ass. But that yeah, that's why like, I stopped. Right, that seems like a, 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 like a really fun gig to me because I'm I'm one of those people that can go on the road forever and like yeah, maybe it's left over from wrestling, but that just seems like it would be a lot of fun. Uh, and th- and that ties in with the uh, with the Ortiz retiring thing. You get to be around, you know, the the team that broke the the air quotes right, curse. Right. There was no curse. But Copyright whatever. Dan Shaughnessy. Yeah, put his kids through college or whatever. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, but what was th- that team was probably there was probably things you can't ever talk about on the air about. But wh- I mean, well, it's funny because I, it was probably nuts. I'm guessing. Yeah, I I think a lot of people just. Even like the lowest paid guy on that team, okay, I'm gonna say 04 is probably Euclid, right? He's making the, sure. the, yep. the league minimum. He was making more than I'll ever make. Do you understand? So they're, yeah, they're yeah, so yeah, not yeah, like yeah. we're kind of like let let's go out to eat together. Let's go. Like there was no hanging out. They're right. all they even, hang out with each other. Even yeah. the guys who are 33 years old act like they're 17, whereas sure. I was a little older. This is what um, 04. 04. So I'm 38. 30, okay. I'm gonna be 50. The age I am now. Yeah. Right. Which I still kind of right. act like I'm seventeen. So, but, but. but all right, so you can you can, but you're you're not right. these guys. You don't have un, unlimited disposable income and just you can spend whatever you want. And, I don't. And, uh, no, you don't. <sighs> I'm just telling you right now. I talked to your financial planner before coming over. here. I have a financial planner. <laughs> yes, and he just let you go. Um, <laughs> I, I I I've always liked hanging out with people on the crew. You know, I, I like there was a great group: Russ Ken, Mike Narachi, guys who I traveled with and. We would play golf early morning sometimes, and you know we go out after a game. But I, I didn't do any interaction. There's no socializing. No, no, I didn't that. mean like you're. I didn't mean like you're not doing shots with Johnny oh, Damon. Yeah, but you probably saw a bunch of wacky locker room. You know, oh, I mean, yeah, just stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the whole Pedro being naked. Yeah, and that we kind talked of stuff. about. You want to hear time. about that? Yeah, yeah, you want to hear you know, about Pe- Pedro being naked? Yeah, how's he doing? <laughs> how's he doing in the naked department? Should we be jealous or should we? <laughs> Talk about Pedro's manhood. <laughs> no, I would rather not. In the year of Donald Trump talking I about his manhood in the debate. No? Okay. Um, you tell me off the end. You know, uh, <laughs> if you think back like 03, all right, so you mentioned Ortiz. I remember Ortiz had just been with the Sox, and we did this like one-minute things, like get to know the Red Sox right, He started in 03. They thought he was going to split time with Jeremy, Jeremy Giambi, Giambi, right? So we, you know, we bring, we bring uh, Ortiz onto the field. and So my job was, it wasn't like the Red Sox people saying, okay, Eric, here's who you're talking to today. At 440, you're doing this. It was like... I I'd have to go up like, hey, David, Eric Freed from Nesson, can you come out on the field and give us 90 seconds? Sure. You know, and then they're like, all right, 
Like, Schilling was the biggest ass to me of all time. Oh, that's shocking. Yeah. I mean, Schilling in 04 <laughs> would be like, Kurt, hey, um, do you have a couple minutes? Um, he would always come up with an excuse. I, yeah. I don't know if there was something I said or the fact that we had Globe guys on and he hated Shaughnessy. He hated, I never found out. Maybe he's just a dickhead. You know, he, would, he would do things like, yeah, I got to go find my shower sandals. Uh, shower shoes was one of his excuses. So he's, he, was always a, he was always a dink to me. Uh, but Ortiz came out. He was funny. 2006, like trying to get to know him. And we're, we got these goofy questions like, you know, well... You know, if you could have a pet, what would you have? He's like, I'd have a pet lion. You know, he's like doing these <laughs> these real answers. Like, he's like this yeah. sincere. So that tape is somewhere. So, uh, but who would have figured he would become the guy he did in, in 04? So, yeah, I mean, just being around the team, it was, it, it was interesting. You Last night after the whole Ortiz thing, uh, Nesson, I, I caught the tail end of something Nesson playing. They were playing like all this Ortiz stuff. And there was like, they played a couple interviews that I had with him, yep. you know, and he like, he had this answer like, you're getting sick of me, aren't you, Poppy? You know, like, and and I completely <laughs> forgot about all this stuff and asking him questions and. Well, I mean, that year he, hit, he, I mean, he had a monster year. So you, it was your turn. It was your job to talk to guys right, right. after well, so a game. Well, so they, or so the game ends, Justin, and, yeah. and they're coming off the field, and I've got to grab them. It's not right. somebody grabbing. Okay, when we last left you, uh, Frito was grabbing David Ortiz, not like Donald Trump grabs people, <laughs> hopefully. I grabbed him right in the... <laughs> right in the poppy. <laughs> right in the poppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the computer tried to eat this entire podcast. It was, it was just amazing watching how the sausage gets made here on the Justin McIsaac podcast. This is my Justin life McIsaac. right now, Frito. The uh, computer crashed and decided to... Uh, to update, just bring it like, hey, I'm updating now. Do its Windows updates in the middle of an answer. Yeah, and then Eric gave me a uh, a 15 minute uh, no, PowerPoint presentation on buying a Mac. I did no such thing. <laughs> I did but, no such thing. But uh, we got to eat a little pizza. But okay, finish the pizza. That's how long it took for the updates yeah. to oh install. Oh my god, the, the longest, you're on to your third beer. Longest 50. I will be soon. <laughs> longest 15 minutes of my life. Okay, so you were, so you were grabbing guys that they came off the field I talking we had about a nice Ortiz. conversation. Those nice 15 minutes. Oh, we well. did. None of none of which can be repeated. Yeah, that's true. Slandered everybody in the I did, business. I would grab players. So the Red Sox win. They'd come off the field, and I have to grab guys. I had a few who would just basically give me the look like go spit and then like shilling. Were, Schilling would forget it. He didn't want you to make eye contact with him. I love that you have bad things to say about Kurt Schilling. I love that. Did that make it or did the computer crash? No, that made it. it. Okay. That's my favorite thing about this podcast. Um, it's funny because... Um, <laughs> you don't have bad things to say about anybody, but you have bad things to say about Kurt Schilling. No, no, I love no. That. I don't think I have bad things to say about him. I just like he, he while he was a player... It, all right, so here's another Schilling story. Ooh, yes. <laughs> oh, I'm going from 6 to... Uh, part of my job. 6 to 12. Here I, we go. I, I want to come back to Ortiz, but um, yes. uh, part of my job would be to go to... When I first started reporting, we got away a little bit from the uh, fan of the game and all that sure, kind of stuff. Yeah. We tried to do more. All right, here's some news. Here's some information. Here's some background. That was, you know, on Russ Ken, the producer's doing, and I agreed with... You know, I thought it was a great time for it, but there were still things like... Can you go please talk to Shonda Schilling about the charitable cause that sure, she's promoting yeah, yeah, yeah. right now? So when Schilling, when Kurt Schilling pitched, part of his deal was that his family had a booth at Fenway Park. Okay. So I go to the booth and I said, hello, Shonda. I'm here for the interview in the bo- after the fourth inning. Okay, fine. Stand in the back of the room or wherever you're going to be. You know, I'm just fine. Yeah. But her, her father's there, uh, Kurt's father-in-law, and they're sitting up there. And Kurt Schilling decides to lose the release point on his fastball. <laughs> he throws twelve consecutive balls. Right. He completely loses it. He has right. no which was command. rare. He has no right. Exactly. Right. Great command. Um, had no command. So like maybe nine or ten balls in, father-in-law turns around, thumbs at me, 
And she's like, I think you're going to have to leave the room <laughs> until this inning ends. I'm like, do you really think I'm the reason why your husband has lost his release based, point? Based, but I left the room. That's a, that, was my, that was part of the job. Based on reading his Twitter feed, I would say they absolutely believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I do not follow him on Twitter. I leave that to you. But, I, got, uh, you I got blocked by Kurt Schilling on Twitter. Did you really? Before, I, I had never, I'd said things about him, but I never before like. Before or after you put on the Bernie Sanders bumper sticker on your car? <laughs> it was before that, I think. Okay. But this is, I had never, you know how you, you at someone on Twitter, you tag them in a tweet? Yeah. I'd never tagged him in a tweet. I'd said some horrible things about him, like he was, you know, a dummy, a moron, an imbecile, whatever. And that was just for warm up, yeah. Right. But I never, but I never added him at yeah. that because, I mean, whatever, I don't need, you know, he's the type of guy that'll like spend 48 minutes yelling at you on Twitter. So I, didn't, I figured I didn't need that. So apparently he just like searched his own name, found me, and blocked me. Wow! So that's that's, that's cool though. I is it? Yeah, I guess that's great. I don't know. That's great. You get in the last word. <laughs> that's, how, that's the way I look at it. I like, guess it is. Yeah, your word was the, the last one in your exchange. Sure. Um, so with Ortiz, I was I was reminded. Um, I have a little um, saliva problem sometimes. Okay. I have a on just active uh, saliva. You're projecting. Pants. Yes. When in, in Mrs. Garzillo's drama class, they told us <laughs> if you're spitting, this is I'm dead serious. I, I, you're projecting, and that's okay. So I was working on my projecting. There's all sorts of photos of me from my youth with drool down my shirt. So it's just not. <laughs> Maybe, okay, that's a little bit more than projecting. All right, can we edit this out? No. Um, sure. So one time, uh, I get, I show up the ballpark, and a couple of the crew guys say, "Hey, what's up, Cobra?" <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I don't know what you're talking what? about. I, I have no what They say, go to the production truck. <laughs> so I go to the production truck, and apparently when I did the walk-off interview after one game with David Ortiz, I don't know if this was 04 or 05, uh, in the middle of asking him a question, <laughs> I had a string of saliva that went directly into his eye. And it was, it went right into his eye, and he did, without even blinking but he did blink he just put his hand up in his eye and just brushed it out and answered my question but i had no idea i did it oh man. so they bring me back to the truck and they've got all this multi-million dollar replay equipment and it's like you remember the movie jfk with kevin costner back, back into the, the left. left back, back so they're the going left. back so it's just me with this long string so i'm you know like between oh, like you and me right here i'm just doing an interview on in front of the dugout as they come off the field after a win and all of a sudden it turned into a vivid video dirty water's playing and <laughs> <laughs> So I went the next day to apologize to him, and somebody said that he had goggles on the next time I interviewed him, but I don't, I don't, re- I don't recall that. But he was big, and this is before goggles took off, but goggles took off in 04 and 05. Yeah, it was Orlando the, Cabrera. That, that was his day, yeah. yep. I've yeah, never, so. I've never wanted to interview David Ortiz more than I do right now. So my nickname, I saw that one of my nicknames is the Cobra. The Cobra amongst the crew guys at Fenway Park. So because I clean shot right to Ortiz, <laughs> right to Ortiz's eyeball. That's amazing. So that's when I, I'm watching yesterday, and they're showing this. They showed a, a very nice interview that I had with him, asking if you know, are your shoulders and your back, you know, sore from carrying the team? He's like yeah. a little bit, you know, ha ha ha. All these, all these fun <laughs> stuff. The best walk off interview I ever did was with Manny. Really? Because if you remember 05 at the trade deadline. Oh, that was a whole thing. Yeah, because it was like 401 and he came out to pinch hit. Exactly. And it was a whole thing. Like the crowd went bananas. Before, so before the game, I'm all set. Thank you. Uh, before the game, mm-hmm. um, Manny's, not, Manny's not in the lineup. This is all breaking. This oh, is yeah, July yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a matinee game. John yeah. Henry, the, the owner of the Sox. So he's sitting in front. I go, I said, I said, well, I got to find out. I'm a reporter here. I'm like, uh, excuse me, John. Do you know why Manny is not in the lineup? And he said, Manny's not in the lineup. 
<laughs> Shoulders dropped. He turns around and walks up. So I'm like, ooh, this is good. So he comes out. Manny comes out. Pinch hit. Base hit up the middle. Sox win. I yeah. think they're playing the Twins. If it either I, if, tied the game or yeah, gave them the lead. Of the he came up and he's like going that. crazy. It's like literally they've clinched the pennies. Doing his whole thing yeah. at the you know, the point into the dugout. Yeah, double points. Yeah. So I grab him. Usually he would say if I tried to grab him for an interview walking off the field, he go, Oh no, not today, Poppy. And he just keep walking <laughs> or he'd like he give me a no hablo no inglés kind of thing to me. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean. Uh, but this time he did it, and so it's an interview. It's a classic interview where he just, I'm like, you know, Manny, we, we, there was a thought that you weren't even here, that you, you were right. being traded. And so he goes, oh, you know, Boston's the best. I love it. Just Manny being Manny, man. It's the best. So he says <laughs> Manny being Manny, you right. know. So it's just, so we, um, at the end of it, he goes, I, I'm just happy to be here. And it's like, it felt like, you know, we had just acquired him in a trade. <laughs> you know, the crowd's going crazy, you know. So. You know what the uh, you know, you know my friends and I used to say? but Because there was every year until he was actually traded in 08, there was a rumor he was going to be traded because he was doing some dumb shit. Uh, we used to say that what, what the Red Sox should have done was tell him he was traded, put him on a plane, fly him around, land him back at Logan, Manny, you've been traded to the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> and he would have been like, oh, this is great. All, all my stuff's already here. Can I have number 24? Sure, here you go. <laughs> I think that would have worked. He w- he was a character. I mean, he was um, he worked hard. Everybody always thought, well, he just shows up and hit. But like right. the things you hear about him working, he would work. He'd take extra hitting. Uh, th- I think maybe my favorite – I had two favorite guys in my time, the 0405. Pedro, I didn't interview him a lot. But right. when I did talk to him, it was just like you're just talking to a guy. It's like, all right, this is different. This is a different yeah. person. And we this did is it. maybe the best guy to ever do what he's done, it, or at least top like, five. Yeah, that kind of Farley feeling with like Paul McCartney. To, you know, remember that time? Yeah. It's like know, talking like to Abraham awesome. Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Just, it yeah. really is. And, and if you remember back, like, so this is 04 when I'm talking to him. So sure. if you think in Pedro's heyday, you know we're a little past Pedro's heyday when yeah. things would stop. 99, 2000, two best seasons. Unbelievable, ever had. unbelievable, and. Um, so I always enjoyed that. Uh, Damon was always a guy, Johnny Damon, who <clears throat> he would come up. like They could have the most crushing loss, and he would come up to me and my camera yeah. guy. Like, nobody's talking. Everybody hides in the dugout. He'd right, come right, up and right, goes, right, right. do you need anything? And he would always, like, he always the, like the worst guy, loss, yeah. he would just he would give you an interview. And he was great. Malar was great. And there, was a, there were a lot of good guys on that on Who was that horrible team. other than Schilling? Shilling, I mean, he just didn't want to be interviewed by right. me. I don't know, or by Nesson, or by someone affiliated with the Globe. Which is weird Globe, because he's uh, so. Sh- I mean, and that makes sense. He's so shy now when it comes to media. I'd, you like know, that. I'd have to go through the list. I mean, there were guys who were shy. Okay, Bellhorn was shy. Bell Bill, was, Mil- right. Bill Miller was a little different. Aloof. You know, he just didn't. Yeah, I mean, he just didn't want to do it. Okay, Cabrera was good. I mean, Orlando Cabrera when he came over in the trade, you know, like we right. did this goofy handshake thing. Actually, won an Emmy for. Oh, really? We did. Yeah, <laughs> like just he created this. You know, remember he was the. By the way, you know where she lives guy. now? Orlando Cabrera? Yeah. No, Wyndham, New Hampshire. Are you kidding me? That's what I'm told. He lives in Wyndham, New Hampshire. Really? And I, and I read about this, and I there was a reason he ended up there, but I can't remember why. But. Yeah, I mean, it's my, one of my wow. goals is to track him down that, that, and interview him. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I mean, so, he, if you think about that trade deadline when they made that deal. Yeah. Uh, that was one of him those. And, in, and it just. Nomar it was, out of town. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a bold what stroke. What was Nomar like? Was he as. as, as uh, he was an ass. Yeah. I mean, he was. Yeah. Okay. Um, he would be the one. I think I would say. Did he really have the tape around his locker saying you can't come here and stuff like that? They did something where they, uh, they sewed. I don't know how carpeting works. <laughs> but I, I we went either. into the clubhouse one day, and there was a red line worked into the carpet in front of everybody's dugout, and Jesus. you weren't allowed to step on the red line in front of Nomar's lock. Everybody else was like, fine. You know, I could see how guys, if, if somebody had a big game, you know, like Ortiz had a big game, and there's 
too many people crowded around his locker trying to stick a microphone sure. in there. The people on either side of him are going to get pissed off because they can't get access to right. their locker. They're just trying to get Some their guys are better than yeah. others. Some guys are just like, I'll come back later. Other guys would be, can you move? Move, please. Move. You know, Nomar is one of them. Nomar yeah. would be the one who'd say, Jack McCormick's a clubhouse secretary. Great guy. Good, you know, having the clubhouse secretary on your side was the most important thing in my two and a half years of <laughs> right. doing that. Um, you know, Nomar would do this little half-ass, uh, Jack, they're stepping on the line. You know, Are like you serious? So Nomar's thing would... That's like what my kids do. Like, yeah, Cameron's exactly. in my room. Nomar would... Uh, so I'd have to go up to him. You know, n- nothing was handed to you. So I'd say, hey, Nomar, do you have a minute to talk? He goes, yeah, let me go. This is back maybe... Well, uh, <clears throat> this is before 04. Uh, let me go talk to uh, Kevin to see what my schedule is. And instead of talking to Kevin Shea, who was the PR guy at the time, this is maybe 02. Yeah. He would just walk right down the clubhouse never to return. You know, like, and, let me go talk to that guy and see all, if I can do it. And, and, it's just and, like, and not to, you know, of all the people he should have given time to, you worked for Nesson. Nesson's owned by the Red Sox. You'd think he'd be, the Red Sox would be like, well, why don't you talk to the people that we pay because we pay them, There was none of that. Asshole. There was none of that. I mean, <laughs> I think the, the Red Sox PR people, uh, Geffner, Peter Chase, who's with the Cubs now, and now Pam Ganley, all those people would try their best to, to help you out if you needed something. It's we had a couple of paid things. Uh, Nesson paid David Wells and paid Bronson Arroyo for yep. a period of time to do where we would do a weekly oh, okay. lifestyle kind of thing. I went to David Wells' house in Florida. They seem like the type of guys that wouldn't mind doing something like that. Especially, they were good. Especially Arroyo. I don't know if you ever read that Deadspin interview with him, but he was like, he's out there. Yeah. 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 I, well, I remember we went to California when he was doing all his music stuff. Right. And uh, Sonny McLean's the bar out there. And we, you know, so, you know I, he was just really into that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, the guys are fine to me. They knew I was around. Like you talked about before, like you said, you would like to travel. You'd like to go around. You'd be with yeah. the team. Yeah, yeah. We were on the team plane, so they knew who I was, but I wasn't buddies with anybody. Right, yeah. Well, that's, so, yeah. like, if I came up to him, it's like, look, if I tell you it's two and a half minutes, it's going to be two and a half minutes. I'm not here to sniff your jock. I just need to get an interview. I need to send it back via satellite for the pregame show, and then right. my work here is done. I need to do three or four hits during a game. If the hit doesn't fit, I tell the producer, look, it doesn't fit. Don't come to me. I would never be the one, like, I need to be on. I need my FaceTime. You know, which sure. is fine. I think Sox fans, their bullshit meter is pretty good. They're like, what is he talking about? So, you, you weren't know? talking about. Brock Holt's dog in the middle of like an eight run Seattle inning. Like we yeah, right, recently, yeah, right? Yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, that no. was. But, you know, I mean I just <laughs> I think I think I, I was on the same page with the people behind the scenes. I really enjoyed the job, but timing's everything. If it was ten years earlier or ten years later, maybe I would have done it longer. But right. at the end of the old five season, um, I was missing my kids, kids were kids eight were little, and four. Yeah, I was missing miss, stuff. Yeah. Um, I could have kept doing it. A lot of people say, Well, why didn't you keep doing it? It's like I really like my family. They like me. I want to keep it that way. Can, can um, you repeat the quote that you told me uh, Terry Francona said to you <laughs> about having that job? Are you willing to say that on a podcast or no, or no? Do you think I should? I absolutely think you should, but I have <laughs> look at me. I'm barely in the media anymore. <laughs> um, I'll leave that up to you. Let's just say this. I mean, Francona... <laughs> I'm a big Francona fan. He has a colorful way of putting things. And he has a colorful way of putting things. And he, he referenced that if I had if you were more well different endowed. anatomy, <laughs> that I would probably still have that job. But it had nothing to do with it. But at the timing was, his, I think his point, excuse me, was I, I was like the last of the Mohegans before uh, Gary does some Gary stuff Strisky, now, right? Yeah. But it was a it was a steady line of women who who followed me. Well, in that I think job. Gary got hired because after the uh, whole uh, Jenny Dell debacle, they figured uh, Gary's probably not going to run off of their third baseman. 
I think it's, I think Gary got hired because of that. I could have had Millar. I'm just putting it that. I'm just going to let you oh, yeah? know right now that I've, I've not shared this one anybody else. But he, he and I the could have had a. You were Millar. <laughs> <laughs> he and I could have had. I think we may have had something, but. No. Uh, yeah, it was a great job, and uh, it was great memories. And to be there when they won, and then they were competitive the next year. But the hung- the hangover yeah. was real the next year. You know, I, I mean, the I, hangover was real. The I next was year. at, and I think I saw you there. I was at opening day, not opening day, but I was in Toronto's opening day in '05. Yeah, I was at, at that series, and uh, yeah, you could tell. You could tell then because they were they were. Uh, they were stretching before one of the games, and everybody already looked exhausted. Oh, yeah. It was, it was the fifth it, it, game it, it in. It was real. And Millar I mean, was trying to fire him up, and yeah. they were trying, kind of getting happy, but they already looked beat down. Yeah. And, and it was and, five games and in. They, and they pulled it together to make it to the playoffs, um, but uh, it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't going to be a repeat. We, you can right. tell that pretty, pretty early on. So, uh, yeah. So, that, those were your Red Sox years. And... Uh, so after that, you're you're a Comcast guy, or what are you just doing? Just free, you know, I just I, I've been just doing a lot of uh, freelance play by play. I mean, Comcast Studio stuff, freelance stuff for. Uh, you've made you've had some jokes uh, of my work with UConn women over the yes. last few years. Uh, that got, that got referenced in a video I watched last night. Uh, the the one game I was texting you during the seventy four to nine score because against was, SMU. It was referenced where? I was watching a video. This was the 100th anniversary of the Georgia Tech beating Cumberland 222 to nothing. Uh, so there was a video by a guy named John Boyce on uh, SB Nation. He does a series called, sure. called Pretty Good. Yeah. He was like, there's been some beatdowns in sports. Blah, 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 blah. UConn leading SMU <laughs> really? with 70. And I was like, oh, I was not really a part of that, but I was the guy that was part of that. You were during that TV timeout when it was 74 to 9, you know. <laughs> so you need me to send you some wrestling stories. <laughs> yeah, that was what, that's what it was. I just like, like I said before, I like being at events and now the business is changing quite a bit where a lot of broadcasters are, are going into a studio somewhere and watching the game on a TV yeah. and broadcasting which, it that way instead I, of being at I don't know arena. if I could do that. It's hard. I did it for back-to-back years. One year uh, I was in for Italy uh, for um, Universal Sports. I was doing the World uh, Ice Hockey Championships and they sent me to a room in Milan, Italy um, okay. where they do soccer. Yep. So at 3 p.m. on a, I think it was Saturday, maybe Saturday, Sunday, 3 p.m., there'd be 20 monitors in there at 3 o'clock on the dot. There would be 20 Italian men screaming at the top of their lungs at the soccer game they were watching. They just <laughs> piped soccer games. And I was doing hockey. Why would they send you to Milan but not to because the Because the technology, what, it, the That's tournament was in Moscow. Okay. The technology was best in Milan because they were used to bringing in all these games. Okay. So they brought in these hockey games from the World Feed, and I watched on a 13. So this, what's this laptop, like a 13-inch? I watched the World Jesus Hockey Christ. Championships on a 13-inch <laughs> screen. And we're not talking like Smith passes to Jones, right. over to Johnson, it, it's, scored by Richards. It's, it's you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> Some guy with 19 consonants in a row. And, and it got to a point where, like, I have no idea. who. The, I think McIsaac scored a goal or two. <laughs> I mean, I, like, at, at that, some point, you had, to, you had to make it up. God, I wish you had gone to Moscow so you could have done something uh, Rocky IV-esque. <laughs> yes, I, I must break you. <laughs> it's a gutter fight in Moscow. But, um. You know, there's been a lot of different things I've had a chance to broadcast, and um, by being self-employed, by being an independent contractor, I kind of, I'm able to kind of pick and choose what I do. It's a little, you have to have a strong stomach for it, because you can have it taken away, or somebody doesn't call you back, or you go on the air one day and say, Carlin's seven dirty words, and then then you're done, you know? So you have to really self-filter yourself a little bit. Exactly. Uh, You don't know anything about that, though. No. The filter. Amazingly, I've never sworn on 
over the air radio. I've you come, save it for your podcast? I've, yes. I've come close a couple of times. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I think the closest I came was when uh, uh, I think it was Billy Lane got fouled for Portsmouth in a championship game or something like that. I said, what a bullshit. <laughs> I, I was this close to saying bullshit during, about a high school basketball game, but I've never actually said it. But therapy has helped. Therapy. Yeah, yeah. Let me take a sip of this beer. That's, <laughs> That's the therapy. There. That's what it's there for. Uh, I said I was going to ask you about this, uh, and, and, and I am. So uh, let me... I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to make you uncomfortable, but I, I, you told me about this once, and I find it fascinating because I've never had something like this happen to me. You almost died while doing a football game. Do a lot of people know about this? or I think, um, well, I'm, I mean. I'm sure your family does, but I mean, does the general public? I, I don't know. If, I mean, I think almost died's a little dramatic. I mean, I was having a coronary episode that if it went on for a little while longer, maybe it would not died. have been a uh, positive experience. Um <laughs> 2007, just the anniversary just happened. I, I shared it on the morning buzz. I was off like for a couple of weeks because I go on with them every Monday. Yeah. And then I, when I came back, I, I said, I have no problem. I don't know if a lot of people know about it, but I have no problem sharing the story because I was a healthy, very good looking 40 year old man. You're a handsome uh, man. Uh, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, wait, how old? Wait, what year is this? 06. So this was 07. Okay. So I was, uh, I was 40 going on 41. Okay. Um, I have no problem sharing it because I think. A lot of 40 or 41-year-old men who, if they go through what I went through, just say it's going to go away, and they drop dead. Yeah. There's so many that, you know. That, well, I mean, I'm just entering my prime heart attack years. Right, think, right. But you're in good shape. You you don't eat a lot of high cholesterol foods. Uh, well, you didn't eat this entire pizza loaded with cheese, peppers, onions. Two pieces. Shut up. <laughs> Wife's listening, maybe. Um, She's not listening. I was, uh, for those who don't know, I, I had a... Um, it's called acute coronary syndrome. So I had a basically... Did you know that you had this? No. Okay. Not until they uh, did an angiogram and the, they keep you awake for it. And they're like, uh, this is your LAD, which yep. is called the Widowmaker, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> the main artery over the top of your heart. And he's like, it's 99% blocked. We have to unblock so, it Okay, right so, so back up a little bit. So you're, you're at Yale. I was at the Yale Bowl. Right. All right, so this is how I've embraced it a little bit. The name of my... Um, if, I, if I used to play... Fantasy football. It was okay. called Yale Bowl Survivor. Was the name of my team. So, <laughs> um, I was uh, in 2007, October 2007. I was uh, getting ready to broadcast a Dartmouth Yale football game. Uh, two days before, I played golf and I was walking and I didn't feel great, okay. but I inhaled a sandwich. You know, but I'm like, all right, this will go away. Right. Drove down to Connecticut. My mother lives down in Danbury, Connecticut. I was staying over there. The game was in New Haven. Sure. She asked me to carry something from the back bedroom out. This is 20 steps, and I was winded. I had to sit down. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? But you'll appreciate this as someone who's an independent contractor. Yeah. If you don't work, you don't get paid. Oh, God, yeah. Right? Yeah. Or, or as a wrestler or as a, you know, whatever. I, well, now I've I, seen you've refereed. If you don't work, you don't I, get paid. I, I wrestled with a broken hand once because with, with a, a hand broken in three places because, if yeah, if you you don't want to lose your spot. So that is you my mindset. For, yeah, you'd be my, forgotten very easily. My mindset was I wasn't feeling good. Yeah. Uh, now, this is the thing I'm very embarrassed about, and I feel I feel horrible about it. Did it crash? Nope. Okay. I feel horrible about it. I drove down to New Haven. I was having trouble walking and breathing. I'm like, something's up. You're like, Here's what I'm going to do. I was going back to New Hampshire after the game. I'll do the game, and if I still feel lousy, I'll just drive up to Portsmouth Hospital. Sure. All right. But, like, how freaking stupid is that? Like, I could have had well, a coronary. Inc- and, I, and all I think about, Justin, is, like, well, I could have wiped out 10 people on a highway. Sure. I mean, that's, I, I feel terrible about that. Well, I mean, even me now, and I don't know how you felt when you were – 
uh, you, you know, 40 or so. I still feel like I'm 21 and I'm invincible yeah. all the time. You I know felt what I mean? the same way. I felt the same way. So here's the thing. No coronary history in my family. Uh, runner. Uh, pretty good shape. Yeah. You know, active with the kids, running around, doing all sorts of stuff. But I'm 40 years old and... I, I'm feeling lousy, so there's no freaking elevator at the Yale Bowl or at most Ivy League stadiums. <laughs> right. I mean, national historic like, landmarks, we can't do anything. All built to in do. 1880, right? Yeah. So um, I'm, we're down near the field having a meeting, and I tell the producer when I get there, Russ, I'm, I'm struggling here a little bit. I don't feel great, but I'll be fine for the game. We go, all right. Well, you know, we joke around because he he's big into like having like a 10 page open. So we still joke around. Like whenever I see him, like yeah, you're the one who gave me the freaking heart attack with the 10 page open. Right. You know, we had to talk about 52 players, <laughs> but I had to walk up the 120 steps or whatever uh, is the press uh, yeah. box. So I get up there and I'm like, shit, I feel so I'm I'm sweating now yeah. profusely. So here's the dumb thing I did. I went into the coaches. So the whole press box is up there, and there's two boxes, one for the Dartmouth coaches, one for the Yale coaches. They're all in the field warming up the team. Sure. I go into the Dartmouth coaches' box. It's empty. I'm like, i got to go be somewhere. I can't be seen like this. I'm panting. I feel like shit. I'm sweating. I'm like spraying sweat. I take off my dress shirt. I'm like, my my undershirt is soaked. Really? I'm like, can't get my breath. I'm feeling terrible. I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, all right. Take deep breath. You've got to do this game. You're yep. not going to get paid if you do it yep. like it. So I'm back to so, that. So there's people listening going, what the hell's the matter with you? I'm looking at you going like, oh, yeah, this makes total sense. This is what I would do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, like if I said to the, the boss, I'm like the producer, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling well 45 minutes before the game. Well, they got to pay someone else. That's what you think because right. you're, you're, you're paying the, the bills. You're paying check. the mortgage. Yes, yeah. I need this check. And... Um, that's just the mentality you have. I, I would have been fine without the check, you know. Yeah. But I, you know, like but no, you think, if you miss I one, you're all, miss all of them. Well, and you're you're, you're starve. Yeah. yeah. So that's what that's the fear. And um, I'm like, all right, just calm down, calm down, calm down. And then my arm started to tingle. Oh boy! And my back, like between my uh, shoulder blades, yeah. it felt hot, like something. I was being stabbed. I'm like. All right, this is wrong. Something <laughs> th- 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 now this has gone this too far. Good. So I had to take the leap. So I I stand up and I'm like literally walking, like um, I remember when Joan Benoit won the gold medal at the marathon in '84. Yes. The woman who finished second or third was coming in, you know, listing the port in a little like, yeah, like all her all of her muscles and everything. Up. Yeah, like the Julie Moss thing, you know. Like <laughs> I wasn't soiling myself, but I was like leaning Not against yet. the wall. And the first person I saw was Mark Wilcox, who still works in the business. He's an audio um, assistant for all these shows. Yeah. I said, Mark, I'm having a medical issue. Can you please give me some help? And his look on his face was, <laughs> and I guess I was purple. I had no idea, oh, but I, really? guess I, I guess I was like a different color at that point. That's not good. So I sit down, and Steve Diossi's my color guy, and he has no idea this is going on. He's looking at the field. He turns around and looks at me, and he gives me that same wide-eyed look. Um, you know what? Can I have a, a shepherd's pie to go, please? Uh, garden's fine. Thank you. Uh, this house is, on the side. This is for Eric's son, not him. Yeah, that, not for it's me. I would not have. I like to let my cardiologist know I'm not having shepherd's <laughs> pie. Okay. Uh, you hear me, Doctor Burnt? Um, so, anyways, I cl- I climb the stairs. I I crawl out of the booth. Yeah. I'm standing. I'm almost crawling. And Mark says, "It goes to get help." Basically. They bring up the paramedics from the field. They sure. carry me down Luckily, on the stretcher. Luckily, you're at like a game where there's paramedics and stuff on exactly. site. Exactly. If this people- was a baseball game, no, maybe not. No, but there's par- there's all sorts of health professionals there. So they come up, and I guess part of this thing, like I'd, I'd been carried away. I told you before we went on. I'd been carried away in an ambulance once before when I got hit in the head in a softball game. Right. But I, they're like, well, 
we they can't make you get in the ambulance because it costs money. I'm like, no, do what you have to do. You right. know, like I, I can't think clearly right <laughs> American now. American healthcare, yeah. love it. it. That's exactly what it was. They're like, well, we can't make you get in the ambulance. I'm like, please do. You know, so um, can, can I not die outside the yeah. ambulance? That'd be great. So they're carrying me down. It was a warm day in New Haven. They take me down the ambulance. Kathy Slattery, who was the sports information director at the time at um, Dartmouth, who's since passed away. She comes running down in tears. She had heard, like, something's yeah. wrong with me. And uh, when I first got to Channel 9, we started doing Dartmouth stuff and had a great sure, relationship yep. with her. And um, did do a North Carolina Dartmouth basketball game up there. That's you a and fact. Talk to wow. me. Yeah, that's a fact. So uh, she's looking at me, and I'm realizing, like, I can't see myself. I can't. It's not like iPhone technology today where you s- swap you the look, phone yeah. and look at yourself. I'm like... I must really look like shit. And she would tell me later, like, I thought you were dead. People in the booth thought you were dying. Yep. They gave me nitroglycerin right away, I guess. To, and so they rushed me over to Yale New Haven Hospital. Um, I was lying there for a while, and they took me in, and they did an angioplasty. I had complications during the angioplasty where I was bleeding um, off, out of my groin. Like, they go in through your groin. And yeah, that sounds fun. So uh, <laughs> I, I woke up the next day. I had a bruise from the top of my knee up like to my ribs almost because they had to like lean on me to yeah. but I could take it because I was 40 they're like you know you're not an 80 year old man where you're going to break your hip you know right. we're going to have to beat you up here to stop the bleeding sure and yeah you're like- so they cleared me out they put in two stent they put in one stent and cleared out two blockages I had no prior history I had no idea um, but I survived and I, you know and I went to cardiac rehab at Exeter Hospital and I'm like you know I'm, I'm the best guy you've ever had here I am crushing this freaking treadmill <laughs> I am doing the elliptical like nobody's business tell me I'm the best the, yep. be, the best shape I'm your best patient ever and they're like yeah you know why because usually 40 year old guys are dead they right. drop dead because they don't say anything. So right. that's what I, I stress to people if you, the worst thing that's going to happen to you if you're feeling something like a hot knife between your shoulder blades or you get that tingle or you're sweating or like what's wrong with my breath the worst thing that can happen is they can send you home saying you're fine that's it yeah you know if you go there and they're like oh yeah good thing you came here so always listen this is not a public service announcement but i always share it <laughs> i i went on with crutchy a yeah. couple weeks after uh, when i got back home and um you know it was frightening when you look at the the, the angio the angiogram and they're like well, you see, that's all black, but this is all white, and you have a 99% black. And they're like, people don't survive this. Yeah. So I felt very fortunate. At some point where you're like, this is it. I'm never going to see my kids again. Holy shit. When, when I laid on the table, and uh, this, is, this is the truth. It was a Saturday night, 730, yeah. okay? And my wife is in New Hampshire. I'm like, stay there with the boys. And um, she, so we have a stage manager at the show who comes, hands you cards, like, read this promo. Like, coming up yeah, right, next right, right. on this ch- station, she stayed with me at the hospital. Uh, Yvonne was her name tremendous she she stayed with me she called my wife she called my mother people were freaking out i'm like i'm gonna be fine so um i went in the the operating room and they do the angiogram and so the doctor this guy you know guy from um connecticut who's great but he he leans over real serious he's like all right so we're gonna go in there and you know you're gonna be fine but your life's gonna change here a little bit because you're now you know what we find in there is going to dictate how you carry your life what you eat how you exercise what you put in your body all this kind of stuff and um there was a there was that little bit of moment like like well no i'm not gonna die but they put you under like half sedation because you have to move your body a little bit for them to access but you don't want to feel it no you know you're 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 not in pain you know like they're going in through your groin and then um i do remember because i there was trouble because i was bleeding around the incision i don't want to get Two, uh, you just right. ate, you know, but that's fine. Uh, I've a, seen two births. He had, a, he had a physician's assistant, <laughs> I guess it would be called, or a, a resident, you know, a uh, young woman. Yep. And um, so she gets up on the table. 
I think it was called a fembloc, not a fembot from Austin Powers, <laughs> but a fembloc, which is like a two by four. It's a man basil. <laughs> that they put on to, to cut off the artery or something because I was bleeding a lot. Yeah. And she gets up and she is up on the table on top of me. And I, yeah. and I had the, you, you'll appreciate this, I hope. I had the presence of mind to say, usually. I buy someone dinner. Yeah, that's exactly what I would have said. <laughs> Which is true. I did say yeah. that. Uh, they laughed, but uh, you know, he did say at that moment, like when it started, like, okay, things are things are about to change here. And I, I, I remember feeling a little freaked out. Uh, you know, and I, I would I'm, I'm religious. My I fucking mind. I am, I am at that point. religious. I, you know, but I was <laughs> I was deep in the prayer a little bit, and um, so. But God bless the doctor. He he went when it was done, and I was in recovery. He went and talked to my wife for forty five freaking minutes on the phone. Wow, eight thirty on a Saturday night, you know. Yeah. So, and I just wanted to get out of there because Yale New Haven on a Saturday night, like, look, you know, <laughs> this emergency room is not going to be a pretty sight. It's bumping, right? <laughs> it is bumping on a Saturday night. Get me somewhere, wow. you know, where I can be. So, yeah, that's my that's my story. So I'm a I'm a I'm a Yale Bowl survivor. So and they still haven't put in a freaking elevator in that place. Unbelievable. Or at Harvard. When Dartmouth they, finally did. When they put one in, they should name it after you. Yeah, I, they, well, I think they're waiting for me to donate because they don't have enough money. You know, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. God knows they don't. All right. Well, uh, as it turns out, uh, having to deal with Kurt Schilling wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to Eric Fried in his career, but it was close. And uh, I've, I've taken up enough of your I've time. survived. Are you rapping me? How long have we gone? Because it, I know this was broken up in the middle. Almost an hour. Really? Yes. Yeah. If we if we hadn't broken, it'd be like an hour and twenty minutes. You're trying to break Murph's record. No. Well, you have to go get your son in like twenty minutes. It's so. okay. He'll he'll shoot some shot. He'll take some jumpers <laughs> after practice. Did we hit everything? I feel like I just I, I want your listeners to be entertained. I, and do you remember? I I don't want to take credit for the Justin McIsaac podcast starring Justin McIsaac, but didn't we talk about you doing a podcast at some point because we, I think you we have did. your unique voice and you need to share it in some way? And by unique voice, I mean you like to swear a lot. I do like to swear <laughs> a lot. I don't think that's unique, but the the, the, the and you know what with uh, with with gentlemen like yourself and Mike Murphy, I curtail the swearing. Believe it or not, when when uh, Menahan's on, oh, forget it. It's uh, like uh, it's it's like a Donald Trump speech. He has that effect on most people. <laughs> so, but that, that's just kind of why I'm in a way. No, I could I could talk to you for two i could talk to you and murph for hours and hours and, and at some point i'll have you both on and i'll just let you guys talk shit we'll about interview you oh no that's uh, who would listen to the that justin mckisaac podcast about justin mckisaac starring justin mckisaac well as if you thought i couldn't get more na- narcissistic <laughs> oh just wait you have more, more in common with trump than you know that's, that's sadly yes we both have bad hair we're both out of shape uh i've never said gra- ne- you grab inappropriate places that's just on myself I've ne- <laughs> that's very appropriate i've never said i've never professed an attraction for my own daughter though but she's only 11 give her a couple of years <laughs> when she's 14 we'll talk i guess all right that just lost me any you're, job i was going for no no you've done a lot worse to cost you any job you're going for all right well yes well eric free thank you so much thank for, you uh, justin I, for, I appreciate it i feel like we've only scratched the surface we I haven't know. even talked about you we haven't gone into your hopes nobody gives fears. a shit about me that's <laughs> your podcast yes where i talk to people more famous than me that's why you're no, here. oh that's not true that's absolutely that's true that's not true it's the whole point of it anytime if you want to do a part two we haven't we, there's plenty of things to talk about that we haven't talked about my hopes and fears and my dreams. I want to get into that. I want to know what's wh- wh- where you're going next. All right, give me a little bit of where you're going from here. You're doing all I'm this. Going to pick up my son well, at basketball practice. We have it's only eight thirty-five. <laughs> Newmarket High School. The Mule Dome is right down the road. The Mule Dome. Well, is he practicing with Jamie Hayes right now? Could give, be. Give it's Jamie integrity hoops. Oh, so, integrity. Okay, yeah, so, it's, so that's uh, Noah. That's Noah. Yeah, Noah you know LaRoche. your basketball. I know Noah. You know your basketball. I know Noah. Don't I'm worry. I'm just trying to. Can we drop in any other potential sponsor as we go along here? 
I don't He's know. working with Integrity Hoops right now. I don't know if Noah would give me money. I like Noah too much to ask him to give me money. <laughs> so I, I, I've gone and had beers. Well, Noah, I don't think drinks, but I've had beers in front of Noah, so I don't know. If <laughs> <laughs> Noah, watch me drink. But Noah, watch this. No, Noah's a Noah's a bud. Uh, no, where so other? You're doing all this freelance stuff. Is there I still, I, is there know. an endpoint? What's what's the when the kids are both at college and growing up? Do you want to settle in and do some sort of, you know, like? I just want to do this job and that's it and just hang out with my wife wife after and uh and that's it. What, what, well, you know, what the, do you want to do? The, the freelance stuff gives you the flexibility to say no to some things and then you can go do stuff with your wife or with your kids. I I, I am very family centered like you. Yes, I mean my, you my, are, yes. my kids and my wife, I mean like I said, they seem to like me. I definitely like them. Mm-hmm. Uh I think there's a lot of value even though we have one at college now. He was just home for this uh for fall break that I like having dinner. I like yeah. being around. I like dry. I like going over, watching the end of practice. I'm, and, and this town is great for it. And I know, you, you know, you're uh, into what your kids are doing, whatever they're doing. Um, Usually, yeah, for the most part, you know, <laughs> if it's the ones that doesn't bore you to tears, right? So, I, I think that's all I've. That's what I got on my mind right now. He's a freshman in high school. Um, I'm always grinding, though. I mean, I, I feel like I'm grinding. You know, I'm 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 always looking for other sports to do and and outlets but the business is changing so rapidly like we talked about before with uh the budgets being slashed and right um stuff being pushed to the web more than anything else and and downsizing productions that i I don't know what it's going to look like in five years you know we're we're in in an interesting time and i said this with murph there it seems like there's more opportunities to do things but less ways to make a living doing it than ever like yeah, you know, like, like like I'll yeah. go in November and December, and I'll do a bunch of whole a whole bunch of Saint Anselm stuff. Yeah, that's great. And uh, if if that was my only job, I would be starving to death because it doesn't pay anything. You know, it barely pays. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of ways to go do sports, but not a whole lot of ways to make a living doing it. So I mean, and I, I'm afraid that's going to get worse before it gets better. But uh, but no, I mean, can you see yourself just like uh, moving into a Gary Tangway role? You're just hosting a show, and that's all well, you I've do. I've got to go through puberty so my voice can drop, or well, I have to smoke a pack well, a day. You and me both. <laughs> I want to get on the yes. I want to get on the Pat Summerall Scotch and cigars <laughs> diet so I can have a better voice. But <laughs> yeah, I think you and I are in the. Uh, I'm not going to smoke to uh, drive my voice to a different. You know, I I don't know. I, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing right now, and I always kind of hesitate when I say something like that because that means that you're content and I'm never content because right. when you're a freelancer, like I have been you since be. 01 yeah. or 02, you, you got to keep pushing and grinding and looking for something else, but you don't want to hog everything because there's a lot of people who are looking for an opportunity to do things. I'm <laughs> <laughs> looking at you, mister. Uh, I, I enjoy, I, you know, I'll be doing the UConn women's game, 17 games for SNY. Sure. I enjoy doing that. I That's mean, every, a great every night's a blowout, but it is you're watching the best, a clinic. Yeah. You're watching the best team in its sport do its thing every night. Yeah, you'll only text me during a game if it's a 74-9 lead, so i got to keep doing the games. That's, you know? It's not true. I just don't want to bug you the rest of the time. Um, you know, there'll be time, there, there's stuff for ESPN3 and American Sports Network and... Um, some other outlets and, and stuff I really enjoy doing. I really like basketball season and hockey season. That's very busy, much like it is for you. You know, sure. yeah. um, like you, I wish it could get spread out and uh, <laughs> you know make it a twelve month thing. But uh, we'll see. I mean, there, there's always going to be something out there that I'm going to be like. I, I'm, I'm not thinking about, it. and I think that's an exciting thing. You know, I'm, I'm going to turn fifteen in a couple weeks, but really? I still feel like I'm like you said before. I feel like I'm in my thirties. I, I I I haven't done all I'm going to do with my career. I haven't figured out exactly what I'm going to be when I grow up, but I truly believe that. And I think that's something that uh, that drives me. 
All right. Well, now I'm going to wrap you. I know because I've gone far, I've gone too long. I'm like Springsteen. Did I top my uh, longest <sighs> concert? Are you? Well, at least you didn't go to Syracuse. You went to Ithaca. But are you a Springsteen guy? You kind of. Oh, the are, first yeah. time I saw Springsteen was at the Jesus, Carrier Dome. Here we go. At the Carrier Dome, <laughs> Syracuse, New York, 1985 was the first time I saw. Did him. Did you have the set list? Do you have the set list when you go to see him? I've never seen Springsteen. I feel like Minahan was going to half invite me to go with him, but he didn't really want me to say yes, so I didn't. I just dropped it when we were talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> he was going to be like, you never seen Springsteen? Don't you want to go once? And I, I felt like he said that and was like, oh, shit, he's going to ask me if I can go with him. I, I did with text him. him at Gillette. I texted him at <laughs> Gillette. You well, you know why I texted him? Because you were Springsteen's, there. Yeah, I was there. Springsteen's <sighs> wife wasn't up on stage. And, the and that means the is show is going to be better. It's a lot better. I, you yeah. know how I know that? From listening to Stern. Because Gary Delabate. Oh, does he say that? Oh, yeah. Gary Delabate. There's like a whole network of Springsteen fans. I can't believe yeah, yeah, talking like, about yeah. this. <laughs> I like, fell into the trap. Who would, <laughs> would text each other and be like, oh, she's not here. The show's going to be great. I texted that exactly in a minute. <laughs> And he replied, this is great. And that was it. Son so, of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm one uh, of those guys. But I, I like other. I like, all right, you 2 Neil Young. Okay. Um, my son's in Alt Nation on Sirius, so I, you know, he's gotten me into some other music. Okay. So is that? Yeah, I don't want to keep going here. We've not a real big fish. What, like what, I am? Yeah. <laughs> is that is that the uh, walk? What walk up music will you be playing for this podcast? Oh, what do you want? Because you tape something after the fact to introduce the podcast. Yes, start, I do. Instead of starting it from the beginning. No, I tape a little intro and I talk about because my guests. That and, way, uh, you can edit out what you didn't find entertaining from the rest of the podcast, right? Because there's no way. No, I no, I leave the whole thing in no matter can't. what. There, there's no way. Absolutely. I, iTunes has a limit, don't they? No, no, absolutely not. iTunes puts whatever the hell I tell them to put on there. That's right. That's why I subscribe. Well, the fuck you, Steve Jobs, <laughs> even if you are dead. R.I.P. <laughs> Rest R.I.P. in peace. <laughs> what do you want for the walk-up music for this podcast to be? Give me a couple I, 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 options. Give and me I'll... something good. I, you just gave me a few suggestions for a good podcast. Give me a good suggestion for music that you uh, think I like. Let's see. I'm trying to think of. I'll uh, be surprised because I, I subscribe to it when it posts. I'll listen to it, and then I won't I'll, listen I'll, to the rest I'll, of it because I'll, I'll be embarrassed you. by it. You know, so. what, you know what it does when I'm, when, I'm, uh, when, I'm, when I'm punching it up to make me sound? My, my voice sound not as shitty. You do that. Uh, that's why I, I think of what I want to put in there. What will you be doing to my voice? Uh, nothing. It's feeling I, a little. If I had your, tired right now. If I had your voice, oh my god, the things that the things I could have done with your voice. <laughs> Let me tell you what. These are things you're still going to do. You're a young man, Justin. Look, look at me. You're a young. You're I'm going to be dead in six man. years. This is it. You're a young man. <laughs> now right. you've already gotten the warning. When you're 40, you have to have your radar up. Okay. Because if you feel anything funny, Listen, call I'm, me. I'm playing baseball. I'll be your sponsor. I'll be your cardiac sponsor. I can't wait. I'll be your acute coronary syndrome sponsor. (laughs) It'll be like AA, except I'll still drink. You can keep drinking, but if your triglycerides are high, you got to cut it back to one. Like I just had. You might as well be doing arithmetic in fucking Mandarin Chinese right now. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Eric Free, thank you for being a part of the podcast. Thank you. All right, there you have it, the uh, Justin McIsaac podcast with Justin McIsaac, Eric Fried, my guest this past week. Uh, love Frito. Uh, and as I said, could have talked to him uh, for uh, a whole lot more. But I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, as always, uh, don't forget to leave a rating and subscribe on iTunes. Apparently that helps somehow. I don't know how, but apparently it does. Uh, even if you're uh, one of the people that listens on SoundCloud. If you have suggestions for people you want to hear as guests, uh, let me know. You can either leave that in the rating you leave on iTunes or uh, uh, get at me on Twitter or Facebook or email me or whatever. However way you know to get a hold of me, uh, do it that way. And uh, we'll see if we can uh, uh, make that happen. Again, uh, still uh, trying to chase down some other guests, some uh, some big names. It's a lot harder than you think it is when uh, it's just you trying to find them. But uh, we'll, uh, whoever's going to be on next week, it'll be good. I'll tell you that. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, see you next week.